0: Filibuster Freestyle Watch out for the filibuster Filibuster Freestyle It's the Filibuster Freestyle Filibuster Freestyle Alright ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Filibuster Freestyle It's your buddy Gavin Going into my third week of vacation Not consecutively But uh, it's July 20th Going to Foo Fighters tomorrow night at Fenway Park with Pundit and a good friend of the show, Andrew Patterson. Going to take a trip down to Nantucket, see Uncle Mike. Pundit Cindy Harrington's going to be down there participating in a triathlon. We're going to head to Long Island, the Hamptons later this week. So there should be a lot of things to catch up on the next time you hear the filibuster freestyle. But for today, oh, before I forget, big Larry Ricciardi and his wife Christina are going to go to the Foo Fighters too. They're coming up all the way from Philadelphia to go to Fenway Park to watch the Foo Fighters. We might even do an impromptu pod with Larry and Christina and Andrew Patterson tomorrow night post-Foo Fighters concert somewhere in Kenmore Square in Boston. But regardless, wanted to have a quadruple header tonight. I contacted a couple of our friends we haven't heard from in a while. The great Ann Kennedy Sullivan, the great Dan Ruddle. Uh, due to their publicists, uh, or through their publicists, the crack research team has learned they're not available tonight. But we are bringing up two of our favorite friends of Worcester, Mass., your and uh, West Coast All-Star Man Good CEO Jeremy Johnson. But first, our buddy Marky Sal from Marky Sal Waldecore. I'm going to give both of them the same question to answer, and we're going to see how they answer it differently. It's got to do with the Supreme Court. It's an outlandish hot take for you, our listeners, here in the month of July. Coming up next, Marky Sal. All right, ladies and gentlemen, as promised, live from Worcester, Mass., it's Marky Sal of Marky Sal Wall Decor. What's up, Marky? Hey, yeah, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Filibuster Freestyle, by the way, for all y'all who didn't hear the theme song, in which we say Filibuster Freestyle 500 times. Filibusterfreestyle.com uh, is the website. But you got us live right now, hopefully on your iTunes or SoundCloud feed. So listen, I haven't told the fans yet, Marky, what we're doing tonight. I just said that I was having you on and having our buddy JJ on after you. But the beauty is, um, we could talk about our president, Donald Trump, from a comedy, tragedy, history standpoint, all day long, right? Easily. Yeah. He, lots, lots to talk about. Right. But, you know, and the other thing I would say is, twice a week, the narrative on what he's done late, late, lately or last or most whatever changes. So it's tough to remember that a week ago, The biggest headline associated with Donald Trump, maybe in the last two weeks, was the fact that the decades-long Supreme Court swing vote justice, Anthony Kennedy, announced that he is going to retire. And he's doing so before the midterm elections. And what I want to ask people tonight, and we can get into it as much as you want, but why is nobody losing their mind? Why is nobody upset with the fact that Justice Anthony Kennedy who's been the tiebreaker on the Supreme Court for decades, a Ronald Reagan appointee, but a very independent-type spirit on the court. Why is nobody giving him a ton of grief for being the one who's chosen that right now is a really good time to retire? Because guess what, Justice Kennedy? I think you could have waited until December. Yeah,
1: absolutely. No, no, you're definitely right. You definitely should have waited. It it, it seems like weird uh, weird timing um, I think I think you you hit on it before where there's just so much going on with Trump and you know following that ping pong ball that like people don't have you know what are you going to be outraged over it's literally it wasn't that long ago that we were outraged about you know separating you know kids from their parents at the border right and, and now and, and then it's just Kennedy thing and now we're already on to you know the, the um the summit with putin and so I, I think that people just don't have the time and energy to get it so you know, to really express their frustrations about each and everything the, the way that they should i, I right. think that um you know people like what are you going to march for you can march for <laughs> you could be out marching literally every single weekend so i think that there's that i think that the other piece of it is Mitch McConnell, you know, pulled the whole thing with Merrick Carlin, like not not allowing a vote for uh, him to become Supreme Court justice, I think that there is, that was the start of like the loss of, um, you know, the decorum Mm -hmm. in in D.C. You know, there there were all these kind of unwritten rules that, you know, both parties kind of respected. And I think, and and I say that Anything like that because I'm not going to say that they're completely innocent there either. But I'm just saying that, like, I think that Mitch McConnell's that one was so out of bounds that now it's just like, what, what are what are those unspoken rules anymore? Do they exist?
0: Right, and there really aren't any. Well, not that there aren't any, but it seems like none of them are sacred any longer. But and that's why my whole thesis today, you know, and then on the freestyle, we try to—I don't even want to say make light of things because there's really nothing light about this—but we like to dabble in the outlandish, and, and so. It's impossible to march against everything that comes out of the White House. To your point, it's a good point. It's a realistic point. It's the truth. But we also have learned that they're going to change the narrative, whether for better or worse, in their own minds, because I think the rest of us feel like it's you know either all good or all bad, depending on where you sit on the spectrum. But they're either going to screw something up or push some envelope that they want to push twice a week, every week from now until they're not there anymore, hopefully. And by, and by the way, I just say hopefully because I'm I'm looking at like a dictator setup right now, and I'm really hoping I don't live in a dictatorship. That's all I'm saying. Um, yeah. But I digress. The point is, just as Anthony Kennedy, Mitch McConnell, in some in some, many respects, actually, those are still human beings that are actually held accountable for some of the things they do and say and decide to do and say. We clearly have a cult of personality thing going on with number 45, where those who support what he does they're gonna support it no matter what. Those who don't, you know, they're not gonna support it no matter what, and, 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 and people are just gonna get distracted. But why would a Supreme Court justice, you know, what is the big, I know he's an older dude, but if, if you're an older dude, you could have retired a year ago, or two years ago, or five years ago. He knows what Mitch McConnell did, which was ruin or, or, or you know, hijack an unwritten rule of a president appointing uh, a justice, Merrick Garland's spot, okay? Trump already got that spot, from Mitch McConnell holding out on it, and you got Neil Gorsuch. Fine. Why would Kennedy even do this when he knows it's going to bring up, at least in normal times, a huge hysteria, especially on the left, but just from anybody being like, we do not want this guy picking two Supreme Court justices in less than a year, especially when one of the picks wasn't his to begin with. And the only thing I can think about, and you can hit me with this, good, bad, or indifferent, do you think Anthony Kennedy is trying to teach America a lesson? And by the way, I don't know if we're ready to learn it, so I wish he wasn't tempting us to try to learn. But do you think he's sticking it to us and being like, you've got to figure out your legislative branch and your executive branch, and I don't care? Do you think he's really just tired? Or do you think, holy crap, the dude you should have held on until Christmas?
1: I think, you know, and, and I want to, you know, uh, you know, push any kind of conspiracy theories. I don't have a good answer to what like you just said. So, the one thing that I that I have heard is that there have been some kind of some shady dealings between Anthony Kennedy's son and Donald Trump.
0: Mm.
2: And
1: it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me. It shouldn't surprise anyone that Donald Trump would you know kind of twist the screws. Um, to make things either comfortable or more comfortable, less comfortable or more comfortable for Ke- Anthony Kennedy's son um, in order to get a win, right? Because he's obviously desperate for wins. He's, he's trying to make his presidency um, you know, seem not only legitimate, which it probably isn't, but also successful. And uh, naming a Supreme Court justice is something that he can push to Point to as a success, the same nope. way he has with courses, and and so um, I that's the only thing that I can think of that would would make sense as far as why Anthony Kennedy would do it. Now, to your other point, I kind of I kind of hope that whether it was his intention or not, I hope that it is a kick in the ass for America. Can I say that on the show? Of course. Um, Okay, wonderful. Because I do think that we need to remember that, you know, people get so, you know, upset and crazy about all these Supreme Court justices as they should, you know, lifetime appointment. But at the same time, you know, they only interpret the law. There's another branch, like you said, that that makes the law. So it really should be a kick um, for people on the left or at this point, even people in the middle to, to really start voting like get out there like the, the rate at which we vote vote is ridiculous so yeah. we do need to start voting in people who are going to make the laws that reflect our society and right now the people that vote it, you know they're only like you know older you know white people who vote and not only but you know, majority, the majority
0: majority the
1: who, who, who vote that's who vote and so obviously the laws are going to reflect what they want if we could, if people could start to mobilize and say, "Okay, I'm not happy with this. I, you know, I don't want Roe v. Wade to be overturned," then hope, then maybe that's that's maybe that's the point where, you know, once you have nine white guys in the Supreme Court, maybe that's the point where people will say, oh, "Okay, you know what? We need to start doing taking some things into our own hands and electing people who are going to make laws that are going to reflect, like I said, uh, our values." Yeah. Yeah, but I, and I,
0: I just think the biggest, the biggest thing is, like, or not, not the biggest thing, but I agree with everything you said, but here, I want a prediction from you. Do you think the Democrats, even though they're a major, minority, excuse me, in both houses of Congress, do you think they will successfully call BS on Mitch McConnell and force the hand to wait until the midterm elections are over in November? What's your gut on that?
1: Um, I, I think that I think that they will I think that they need to try Right? Yeah. I think that they need to try and I think Schumer will do everything in his power to, to do so but there are those um, Democrats from Trump state like uh, Manchin from West Virginia um, who you know what, what he's how he's gonna do, what he's gonna do is kind of that that's gonna make things kind of difficult so I, I don't know I hope that they that as possible, but I I, I I, just don't, you know, when you're the party that's not in power, there's only so many things that you
0: can do. Right, and that's, and that's my big point with Justice Kennedy, is that, you know, again, if you're truly an independent thinker, even if you're a conservative, if you, you know, if you feel like the American people may want to... Um, take a mulligan on November of 2016, and it's only seven or, what is it, four months away now from Election Day? Like, dude, what the hell, <laughs> you know? But then your point of bringing up the whole thing with his son, I mean, how does that make anybody look better either? You know, like, how do you, if that's true, or whether it's not true, the fact that it's already out in the media means he's going to tarnish his legacy off. He just waited until the, no, I mean, listen, if if the Republicans continue with their mandate, on November whatever of 2018, for the next two years, well then screw it. Yeah, the guy, you know, the president's got to appoint another right. another yep. justice. But we're in an election year, and I'm I, I'm just sick of Mitch McConnell having his cake and eating it too, because, you know, the dude looks like a turtle and he's uh, he's, he's really powerful. The face. In the yeah, of and the it's world. just like in that Absolutely. in that movie Step Brothers when, when uh, Rob Riggle says to Will Ferrell's character, just something about your face. Just want to punch you in the face. And so, you know, I just want to punch the guy in the face, you know, metaphorically, of course, for all those out there keeping score. I'm not trying to commit an assault on a senator or anybody for that matter. I'm a nice enough guy. Um, But there's just something about his face. (laughs) I don't like it. (laughs) Anyway, uh, anything else on this hot topic or do you want to get into some NBA?
1: No, let's get into some. You know, I could talk about about stuff that's going on with under the Trump administration in America for, you know, the ten years straight. So yeah, let's move pe- t- turn pages to the NBA. That'll be
0: great. Absolutely. So let's see. We did a lot of NBA stuff in, in, in June and May uh, around the finals and the conference finals. And we said we'd come back, and we're back. Free agency, the draft has all happened. I got, I got three, three things I, I don't want your your reactions on, and some of them are incredibly recent. Some of them are about a week old. But Demarcus Boogie Cousins to the Golden State Warriors for the veterans minimum one year's five million bucks. What are your initial thoughts on that? What are the ramifications for the Western Conference and for the Warriors keeping their title? Oh,
1: I think the, the chances for them keeping their title are absurdly. They win us, and it's just I, I don't like the move. I I, you know, I didn't like Kevin Durant going to the team with the best record yep. uh, in NBA history, without him, and then he goes to that team. I didn't like that. I didn't think that that looked great. Yep. Um, Braden was, was just in, in the room giving me like like mean eyes because he loves the Golden State Warriors. But at the same time, all right. So uh, so I didn't like that. And now you know, just uh, the Marcus Cousins. Going for such a small amount of money and just taking the easy win to get to get a title, I I don't know, It just doesn't sit right with me. I, I don't think that I, I, outside of just basketball, I think in competitive sports in general, yeah. just the idea of like everybody getting trying to get onto the same team just to get easy championships is just a bad look.
0: Yeah, isn't this kind of like a supersized edition? Of what LeBron and Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh did back in 2012 or 13, like, isn't this literally, like, well, first of all, it is rhetorical question, but would you agree that, that Warriors are are in danger of tipping over to being kind of like the bad guys of the league at this point? I, I would
1: definitely say so. I think that, um, I, yeah, I I think that there's no question about it that that people are going to start rooting for them to 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 lose because of how stacked they are. I I just can't see how how most people are gonna wanna watch the Warriors win a championship every single year. And I mean that's how they're built right
0: now. No question. Um actually I thought of a fourth thing to ask you and I will. I'm gonna write I'm gonna write that person's name down so I don't forget. But anyway But anyway, Marcus Smart, a warrior and, his, and I don't mean a Golden State Warrior, I mean a warrior on the basketball court, bleeds green, Boston Celtic, he just signed a, a four-year extension, I believe, for, for really good money off his rookie deal to his next, you know, to his first kind of veteran deal. Uh, what are your thoughts on Marcus Smart's contract, more importantly, him staying with the Celts? Oh, I love it. I absolutely love it. And,
1: you know, uh, Marcus Smart, he's my favorite player in the Celtics because of the way that he plays. You yeah. know, I think that there's a lot of a lot of the NBA that's you know that people want to do hit shoot the three shoot three pointers and you know and just do flashy stuff and that kind of stuff which is great you know three pointers are great but at the same time there's still some some dirty work that you need done in order to win and I think Marcus Smart is the guy who will do that but even over and above that he also has like a like a calming effect on the team as well yeah. uh, I kind of seen him come in the game when things are you know when it looks like they're starting to lose control and and he does a good job of you know making the right play um, to kind of get the guys uh, back under control so uh, I'm a big fan of, of, of it happening you know as far as the dollars and cents I know people were arguing that maybe that was too much money to give to him I, I, I don't really know much about that I just know that uh, I'm glad that we that we kept them and I'm pretty sure Danny made a smart decision as far as how much he was, you know,
0: how much they're going to give him. Yeah, well, the other thing I heard related to that, and I agree with your assessment of him as a player and and, and his uh, retention with the Celts, all, all positives in my mind, but as always, Danny Ainge is playing, you know, every angle, and what I've heard is the duration and the salary amount per year that Marcus Smart got also potentially makes him very enticing for future deals down the road if they go that way. Do you know what I mean? So they may decide in a year or two years or whatever that there's a deal that makes sense for markets market smart to be a part of and it's apparently it's at a it's at a length and number that's friendly for potential moves. So as always, Danny's thinking yeah. about Danny's taking care of his guy, and Marcus wants to be here, but I think it sounds like there's some things that could make Marcus Smart fairly attractive to other teams, too, down the line. If Because if, you never know in the NBA, and you know the Trader no, Danny. Trader Danny's always mm-hmm. thinking five ways to Sunday, you know what I mean? For sure. Um, all right. Blockbuster trade done the other night at 2 in the morning. Um, the Toronto Raptors star DeMar DeRozan. His team told him they weren't going to get rid of him, and then they did what people do. They, they sent him to San Antonio for Kawhi Leonard, who really wanted to get sent to L.A. Uh, and instead, said Popovich sent him to Canada. So I guess my questions for you would be, what do you think of the trade? What do you think about the guys getting sent to where they got sent? And uh, let's start with those two things.
1: Okay, so for the trade, I think that, number one, if you want to just say who wins the trade, right? Yep. I think on its face... You have to say San Antonio. Yeah, they're yeah. getting a great player, um, and there was, a, there, you know, there was a no-win situation with Kawhi he didn't want to be there, right? Yep. So they got a good player in return, yep. who has more years on his contract. Yep, I believe he has like three years. Three
0: years. years. On I his think he's like three. So yep. I,
1: I think that's a, a win for San Antonio. Um, I think that the Raptors when I found out that Danny Green was was um in the trade as well so the Raptors Danny Green. I really like that for the Raptors. I think that's a you know good add-on. And if Kawhi, you know, comes to play, which I think that he will come to play yep. this year, then then I think that makes their, their team is better than it was last year. Right? Kawhi Leonard is a better player on both sides of the ball than DeMar DeRozan. Yep. So it makes them better than they were last year. However, the big question will be after this year what does Kawhi Leonard do? I think that he goes to LA to play with LeBron James, which is a scary thought. But back to the Toronto Raptors, the, the thing as a Celtics fan definitely terrifies me that a team like the Raptors, who was already a really good team, yep. has added Kawhi Leonard to their to their roster, and the Eastern Conference don't like it. Yeah, see so that Raptors, that, good that, for them.
0: that that worries me too because I. I didn't love how the Celtics matched up with the Raptors last year anyway. I thought they were very fortunate to miss them in the playoffs, period. Um, But, uh, yeah, I I agree that that they're actually scarier with Kawhi as long as he's healthy and and ready to play, and I agree with that. But I think as long as he's healthy, he's going to play because he's going to get to walk away as a free agent unless Toronto— because I don't think Toronto is going to be able to re-sign him. I think that's going to become apparent, and they may want to use his contract— as an expiring for something else. Um, but anyway, I think he's gonna be motivated to play, and that does scare me for the Celts. So you mentioned the future. You mentioned that Kawhi is probably, probably gonna end up in the city of Los Angeles and probably with the Lakers versus the Clippers, probably eleven months from now to use the word probably ten more times. Anyway, LeBron James to the Lakers, big deal. We kinda of, you you called it first of all, I gotta give Marky Sell props. He called it weeks ago. People have been saying it for a while, but but with you know, gun to your head, Marky, you said it and you were right. Nailed it. That's why you're the NBA guy. Um, but my question, clearly it's a big deal. But clearly he signs a four-year deal. Everybody's tampering or you know playing down expectations for two reasons. One, Paul George stayed in Oklahoma City. Two, Kawhi clearly was not traded for the Lakers. He was traded to the Eastern Conference, to the Raptors, which is sad. So they're definitely taking a multiple-year kind of a build-it-up approach versus a win-now approach, which is smart with the Warriors juggernaut, anyway. But my question for you—I want your general thoughts in a minute too. But does LeBron get a title as a LA Laker? And if the answer is yes to that, do you think he gets multiple titles as an LA Laker?
1: Um, I don't. I don't know. I I, I would say that that as things stand right now, and even with Kawhi Leonard, let's say next year, yep, I I still don't know if that team is good enough to be. The Golden State Warriors as they're put together right now. Yeah. So I I'd say no, but you know things could change. You know, I, I I do think that the one thing that could beat the Warriors is themselves. You know what yep. I mean? Like especially now you put Demarcus Cousins in there, and there's a lot of people that are going to want to get some shots up, and there's not that many shots to be had. You know, so um, I I I'd say as Right now, I don't think that he that he gets one with with um, with the Lakers, and th- not only that, but you also have the Rockets.
3: Right, you know what
1: I mean, in the Western Conference, so you have to get past both the, the Warriors and the Rockets to even get to the NBA Finals. So, I'm gonna say no.
0: I'm gonna say no. I like it. It's a hot take to say he's not going to get one at all. I would say the only way he gets one is is like you said, addition by subtraction of the Warriors themselves. Um, especially if I heard, I think I think it was actually Bill Simmons today, but speculating that you know would if Clay Thompson leave the Warriors for the Lakers, you know that so not only does LeBron get a better player, but it directly affects the Warriors lineup too, you know. Um, but I think short of the Warriors getting weaker at the same time as the Lakers getting stronger with the player leaving San Francisco for LA, yeah, I think it'll be tough. And, and I also think. Now that the, the Thunder are kind of married to Paul George and Russell Westbrook and then they got rid of Carmelo's contract, I still think that Russell's going to have to learn to play a different way in the playoffs or they're never going to get over the hump. But they now kind of have their, 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 their two cornerstones in place with some other guys who are good role, role players as well. And, again, there's going to be a lot of young legs in the West, a lot of seasoned vets in the West too. So it's going to be tough. Um, Definitely. Definitely. No doubt. So, and then that, that trade obviously didn't surprise you. Um, how long do you think until Lonzo Ball's gone, or do you think he gets to stay for a couple of years?
1: Uh, you know, I haven't, I didn't watch enough of the Lakers really to to really uh, have a, good, um, a big opinion on Lonzo at all. Yeah. I've heard that he's a pretty solid player. Yep. And, you know, that it wasn't like a regret um, picking him so high, but. At the same time, I, I, I don't, well, we'll see a lot this year. You know what I mean? We'll see how him and LeBron play together, because if that doesn't work, then obviously he's gone. But yeah. um, I'd, say, I'd say there's a chance that they, that they keep him. I mean, I think that LeBron made the choice to go there, knowing that Alonzo was there. Um, so there's a decent chance that they that they keep him. But at the same time, like I said, I don't know enough about him. Yeah.
0: Hey, last last question that's popped into my head. Um Lakers have signed some really interesting veterans this year. Um, Rajon Rondo, Lance Stevenson. Today they just signed Michael Beasley. I know the first two guys I mentioned actually have gone at it with LeBron, either in the media or on the court or both. Um, you know, a part of me thinks that they're signing all these dudes so they have veteran, veteran type salaries that are short term and they can dump to align with future free agency years. But do you think there's any kind of like crazy, like a Fox? LeBron secretly wants to play with these guys because he hated playing against them and he thinks they could be motivated by being on his team. And what are your thoughts on those signings?
1: So, so for um, Rondo, I definitely don't think LeBron would want to play with Rondo. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, think, I think that most, most players would definitely, he's that kind of player where, you know, the, the cliche where you'd, you want him on your team, you don't want to play against them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I think that he probably wanted to play with, with Rondo. Now, who was the other one?
0: Uh, Lance Stevenson, who's now on the Pacers.
1: Oh, oh Lance. <laughs> that's, just some cra- that's just crazy, right? Um, yeah, and, 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 and probably the same thing. I think he probably, I think, I think um, LeBron wanted to play with both of them. And at, at the very least, he wanted to play, he was happy to play with them for one year and yeah. see how it goes. Um, i think so i think that there was you know it wasn't much of a gamble i think there's a lot of upside to those guys if if they don't perform if they don't play well together it's one
0: year yeah exactly but they certainly are not in a win in in a win in 2019 mentality i think that's very obvious from their moves and their lack of being able to get i agree yeah, I mean, not getting Kawhi. Once they didn't get Paul George, they kind of had to get Kawhi. Once they didn't get Kawhi, I think they probably knew they weren't going to get Kawhi at least in the trade market, so or the, at the price that Pop was asking was way too high. So anyway, they may see him in 2019. They probably will see him in 2019, and frankly, let's be amongst the first to predict that one. I think we're I think we're right on that one. Um any shout-outs, Marky? I know your son had his birthday since we last. Braden had his birthday since we last talked. Um happy birthday to him one more time. And then any other shout-outs to give out while we're here?
1: No, no, I think I think we are, uh, I think we're good.
0: No shout-out today. Beautiful. All right, everybody, check out Marky Sal, Marky Sal, Waldecor, all the social media elements. He's out there. You're still on Etsy.com selling your stuff too, Marky? Yep. All right, so he's yep, on Etsy.com, Facebook, Marky Sal, Waldecor. Don't miss it. Actually, oh, dude, I'm sorry. I got to give you props in the podcast for this before we go. So you made a Star Wars-themed Obi-Wan Kenobi, Princess Leia, Star Wars montage, uh, canvas, or, you know, you know, what what do you call those, gosh darn it, images. But it was with Robert Mueller's face, and it said, you're our only hope. That was hilarious and awesome and probably yeah, true. Yeah, and
1: so, so the thing was, was I, I had an idea to do it, and I was going to put, um, I was just going to do just Robert Mueller on the Obi-Wan Kenobi body, and then Princess Leia, you know, programming R two D two just like in the movie, and I, I wanted to originally just do it like see if people got it. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, yeah. who would get it? That she, that she was asking for help, and he was the one that everybody is really asking for help right now. Uh, Katie kind of like, you know, was like, you know what, you get that. Some other people will get that. Not everybody would get it. So you might as well just go ahead and, and put the type on there too. So I, then I added in the words, uh, "You're our only hope," which. Is uh, I definitely think is very, very true. I was scolded by one of my aunts who was, who was religi- religious and said he's not our only hope. And I was like, well, I kind of think so. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well said. All right, Marky, stick around for a minute. We're going to leave it there. Coming up next, everybody, it's a buddy of both mine and Marky's from the Cactus Pete's Days, unofficial sponsor of the week, the now defunct Cactus Pete's. Jeremy Johnson's coming up next. Marky, thanks for being on, buddy. Oh, no, thank you. Ladies and gents, as promised, from the West Coast, in the sound booth, the rolling sound booth in the driveway, Jeremy Johnson from man Cook Good. How are you, man?
2: I'm really good, Gavin. How are you doing?
0: I'm great. I saw that you were back east in the lovely Worcester, Mass., uh, guessing visiting friends and family back in your, your, uh, home, your town of your birth, if you will. Good trip? Yeah.
2: Yeah, it was a great trip. Uh, my daughter did amazing. And... Um, she had an incredible time with my parents. My parents soaked it up. We just, we really all soaked
0: it up. It was wonderful. Very cool. She's probably, you know, for the for those listening, I'd say this might have been, was this probably her first trip back where she was like a real human versus a little baby?
2: Yeah, it was, it was her second trip, but her first one, she was four months old, yeah. So or five months old. So this one was much, um, she's 13 months now. Yeah. So. Yeah, it, um, it was a much different trip than the first time. Much different
0: experience. I bet. By the yeah. way, the food—the food that you make when you're at your parents' house—and I know that they grow a lot of the food that you make, uh, dude. I, all your stuff always looks good, on man. The man cook good Instagram, but whenever you're doing it up in Worcester, holy cow! And I had a I had a dinner there a few summers ago when you were in town, and I came down to see you. And uh, man, we ate like kings. It was awesome. That's right.
2: Yeah, and you stumbled into like probably the best like vegetarian food in the city, which is what
0: my mother cooks. Correct, and I was very much at the time, and, and, and usually still on it, a very big vegetarian kick. So your mom, not only did I come to the right place, but, I mean, it was delicious. So anyway, I'm glad you had a good trip back east. Alright. I want to get into some fun things, but as I, as I just did with our good buddy of erstwhile Cactus Pete's fame, Marcos, I want to ask you about the thing that nobody's talking about. And I already set this up when Marcos came on, but there's no way we can protest every single thing that comes out of the White House every other day. I mean, there's a way we can do it, but the, the, the smoke screen, you've documented it well, whatever. So I don't wanna focus on that. I wanna focus on the real, the, uh, the people who are supposed to be actual grown ups making what I think are ridiculous decisions. And so my question to you, I want your take on it, but why aren't more people upset with Justice Anthony Kennedy, the swing vote for the last X amount of decades on the Supreme Court? For announcing his retirement before the midterm elections, especially in the wake of all the Merrick Garland crap that happened with Mitch McConnell two years ago.
2: Well, he's a, he's a conservative judge.
0: True, but so, he's not a you know, nutbag.
2: Well, sure, and you know something, um, Kavanaugh, as you probably know, is his clerk. And it's actually like, a, it's kind of heartening that, that that is who Trump is nominating. The, the fix is in to put in a similar semi moderate business friendly um, judge yeah. instead of. I was worried that, that Trump was going to like nominate some like 31 year old Klansman, you know? <laughs> like,
1: okay, fair.
2: So, I mean, Kavanaugh is he like Kennedy basically appears to have like handpicked his successor. Like, look, I'll retire. So that you can you can lock in another conservative judge, but you have to pick my boy over here. That's what it appears to me. And as far as being angry at him, like, my God, I mean, it, there's so much to be angry about.
0: Well, no question.
2: Like, I mean, what do we, uh, you know, like, and you, Trump takes all the air out of every room. Yep. So there's just no oxygen left to be mad at. A judge, and it's not like he was like a liberal like, uh, it's not like it's Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Right. You know, he's he's a conservative judge, but he's a pro-business, more traditional conservative judge, which is really the root of the problem, but at least it's not quite as heinous as, you know, blatant racism. Correct. That's why I, I, that, that was my reaction when you messaged me that, was you know, well, the guy's old. He handpicked a guy who is probably going to carry on that, like, that right-leaning, you know, middle-ish ground. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what do you, who's going to be mad at him? The Republicans are ecstatic. And even some of the extremists are saying that Trump is bowed to the establishment with this. And, um, you know, the Democrats are just like, you know, oh, we're going to fight this with every ounce of being that we have. And it's like, okay, whatever.
3: Sure,
2: Schumer. Thanks, Chuck Schumer. You know, but they're going to fight it, and they're going to drag it out, and they're going to waste their bullets on something that they can, really can't do anything about because they don't have the votes.
0: Correct. Yeah, so I guess, but my, I don't know, I I understand that it could be it could be a lot, quote-unquote, it could be a lot worse. Like you said, it could be a 31-year-old Klansman. Well, yeah, that's the next one. You know what I mean? Like,
2: this 2018 midterm election is, um, this is the the country. It's this is the, the
0: Super Bowl. Name. This is the Super Bowl for the next 100 years. This is it. And, and, you know... This is the Super Bowl. I'm 100% with you. When you and I started doing this, I'll let you collect your thoughts. When you and I started doing this two, three years ago, and you've had some epic, great fixes in, I mean... And I don't disagree with a lot of what you say, and you do it in a really fun, robust way, despite the fact that it's incredibly serious. But two years ago, if you were like Gavin, 2018 midterm elections are the Super Bowl for the next half century to two centuries of our country, I would have said, okay, JJ, calm down on the hyperbole. And I'm Mr. Hyperbole. But I'm here to tell everybody, I'm with you, dude. This is the Super Bowl.
2: This is the most, like, this is the election that will define the rest of our, our lives in this country. Politically,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and um, you know it's it's really scary, and uh, we'll see what comes of it. You know, and this this census that's coming up, yep, uh, the twenty twenty census, because the population shift is dramatically towards urban centers. Yes, the House of Representatives could swing dramatically to urban centers, and um, that's why the census is being like tanked by this the you know, the federal government right now because they don't want the right numbers. Nice. And you know, like the, the the fix is in and I don't think they want to give power back. I think they want to keep the goalposts just out of reach. They need their boogeyman. Here's another point. If they if they overturn Roe versus Wade with this justice, they lose like fifty percent of their emotional issues. Yes. And then it's like just maintaining things, which, as we've seen with the Democrats, isn't a great motivator. Right. You know, like they need the boogeyman of abortion and to get the, the, the voters to the polls and the numbers that they come. And if they, if they don't, if they overturn Roe versus Wade, then they've, they've played fan service and people are going to stop tuning in.
0: So you're essentially, and, to use a TV term, which I think you just did, this is like um, a will they or won't they kiss on like Mero's place or something. This is like uh, you're firing the bullet, you're getting the ratings, but then you're never, you know, you're never get that ratings bump again because the chase is over. Right. Yeah, this is Ross,
2: and you know what was her name? Monica character. No, Monica Rachel. That's a sister.
0: Ross and Rachel. Ross and Rachel. Rachel. Ross and Rachel. They're not sisters in real life. They're actors. Once they
2: pay that, once they pay that storyline off, it's on the way out. You know, the show's on its way out, and and that's that's why I think you know the the goal of the Republicans is, is not to criminalize gays. Um, eliminate abortion and give everyone a gun, okay? The goal of the Republican Party is to take all the money and the rights away from workers to collectively bargain and take away any regulations away from business and industry. So the other things, these other issues are just things that they use to convince people to vote against their economic self-interest. If they start knocking those doors down, Then their poll numbers are going to go down because, like, what are you going to do? You're going to convince people that, like, you're going to go with the job creator thing again. You know (laughs) what I mean? Like, (laughs) yeah, you can't you can't keep trotting out these economic slogans and get people to like drive in minivans full to the polls.
0: Yeah, that's that's fair. Um, So, what what's your gut on? Our boy Chuck Schumer's ability to stave this this appointment off until after the election zero percent ten percent somewhere in between they,
2: they don't have the votes and I mean the Republicans have demonstrated with the Merrick Garland like I mean they stole a Supreme Court seat already do you really think they're going to let a uh, a minority uh, political party prevent them from
0: no I, of, of, of course I don't think so seats? yeah
2: like how are they going to get people to flip against Kavanaugh he's a he's a Relative moderate, even though he's an economic extremist and you know death to the worker class. But nobody cares about the workers right now. It doesn't. It doesn't move the needle.
0: It's unbelievable. They, just made,
2: they made public unions right to work. Like they, they're coming after private unions next. Like they're this is like it's all about taking the workers out the knees. Is what it is. And. You know Schumer, I don't think he's going to stop a thing. You know, he's going to try and he's going to make a lot of noise. And really, what he's going to do is like really pander to his base. Yeah. And they're all going to pander to their base. and They're going to wring their hands and say we did everything we could. And then you know we're going to have another Republican justice, but at least he's a Republican. He's replacing a
3: Republican justice.
0: So, Correct. He, yeah, because well, the you know, problem problem kind was of he... Holding
3: serve, really.
0: Right, but the thing is, they already lost serve with the whole Merrick Garland thing, which is a huge problem. So. Yeah, but that ship has
2: sailed. And there, there's, another, there's another
0: business-friendly
2: guy. He didn't put in a Klansman. You know, like, he put in a relative moderate, relative, you know, like an economic conservative. Like a, a guy that's going to break unions and break the workers. He's not going to outlaw abortion.
0: So will you say, you know, this is oversimplifying everything, but it, basically you've got a guy who every 36 hours starts a new crisis. This is the perfect smokescreen for what the real goal of that party is, which is to, to if, if that's the case, to take away, to take away the middle, so that there's only a barbell of those who have and those who have nothing, and obviously the power shifts. But the distractions of all these hot button issues or the dumb, the dumb NFL crap—that's what people want. People like the shiny, the shiny whiny baby, while everybody behind the scenes is doing their thing. So you're. And you've been saying this for a while, but I, I'd say people say they tolerate him because of this, that, and the other thing. I think they tolerate him because he's the perfect cult of personality mouthpiece to distract everybody from the stuff that matters, which are the things no one cares about. You know, no one cares he's anyway about the workers. Idiot. What's that? He's a useful idiot. <laughs> Isn't it? And a, yeah.
2: people don't care about the workers, and while he's parading around like a buffoon, they're planning to gut Medicare got Social Security, got Medicaid, got workers' rights. Like, it's all in action, and this is why they're not investigating them. This is why they're not actually, like, doing anything about any of the the Russian connections and the, the obvious, obvious collusion between our president and the leadership in Russia and the saber-rattling about the EU and everything, and all the things he's doing foreign policy-wise, they're not doing anything about that because they don't care about that because they can just stack the deck with a million things that the Democrats will never have the political capital to undo yep. fast enough.
0: And that's because what it is. Gonna, this is a race... They're going to
2: take children out of cages and give them back to their kids before they rewrite the tax code.
0: Correct. Which, by the way, they should from a standpoint of... Sure, but but, but at the end. But at the end of the day, one, this is who we're dealing with. Correct, correct. We're not dealing with people who, to your point, this is the Super Bowl, and and right now they're trying to score as many points before halftime as possible because there's a chance that halftime could impede their progress. But right now they have the ball. There are no timeouts for the defense. They've got the wrong personnel on the field, and they are marching down to take away more crap.
2: Yeah, everything they can. They're doing exactly what the Democrats should have done. For the, you know... The
0: the two years they campaign. had a window in 08, 09... They had
2: a window. They used all their uh, capital on Obamacare, which was a watered-down Republican plan in the first place. <laughs> right. What they should have done is single-payer, okay, and just boom. Because they had to pull legislative tricks to pull that off anyway. They had to get sneaky, and they had to, like, you know, have, like, a sessions where, like, you know... I, I forget the exact details, but legislative trickery was used... To get the votes to pass Obamacare. They could have used legislative trickery to pass single payer. And then once you have single payer, you can't take that away. Right. You can weaken Obamacare and make it ineffective and starve the beast and then be like, look at how terrible this is, and then take it away. But like once you have like a single payer health care that's federally funded, like it's over. We now have single payer. You can keep underfunding it, you can keep making it crappy. But you can't take things away from people as easily
0: as you can. Right. right.
2: Obamacare. And they've convinced everybody that it's like devil incarnate. And and, uh, like, imagine if they're trying to take away something and people are like, well, wait a second, I, I, I don't have health insurance.
0: Right. I like this. Right. Oh you, oh, you meant me too when you said you'd take you it away. You can't give people good things
2: that the government provides to them because once they get it, they're like, well, the government maybe isn't the worst thing ever. Right. So they need to make everything in the government crappy and messy and just a disaster
0: so that to no deal one misses it when it's gone.
2: So that nobody wants the government to have any more power. Right. You know, they, they want all the power to be in the hands of the private, you know, e- industries and CEOs. And we never want to get the, the football anywhere near the corporate money and the corporate
0: influence. Can I ask you a question that's kind of related to, this, to the corporate piece? And this wasn't planned, so you can pass or you can, you know, to the folks listening, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens here. But clearly corporations are running the nation, running the world. They're, they're people too, according to the Supreme Court, all that stuff, right? Um, when do you think the city-state model Becomes a thing, and my point is, Wyoming is six hundred thousand people. Okay, they have two senators and like one rep. Okay, D.C. is is bigger. I know it's a district. D.C. is bigger than Wyoming. D.C. is almost as big as Vermont. Um, Boston is bigger than many states. L.A. is bigger than almost every state. When are the city states going to arise? And I'm actually, and I know I'm talking crazy, but I don't mean arise like there'll be sovereign nations. I mean, when are we going to have an extra senator for, like, a city of 4 million people considering there's, like, 15 states with less than 4 million people.
2: Well, I, I mean, I, I just think that the, the politicians that would have to make that change have no motivation to do that. They just keep, you know, like... I, I don't know. I mean, you make, you make some interesting points. I think that the city-state model is kind of, like, in practice already occurring. It's
0: just not happening on a federal level. Right, but, yeah, and my point is that I feel like there are some major, like, again, it's like so many things with the country started as an agrarian society 240-something years ago. Right. Um, There are more people probably in Los Angeles than they were west of New York City (laughs) when the country started. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So my point is, one, the, the, no one could predict the urban, the urban sprawl, which you, you, you said earlier. The demographics are still trending to urban, 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 urban. So, so one, that's not accounted for. Two, the one thing that I think the Republicans could back themselves into is, oh, yeah, states' rights, states' rights. Oh, yeah, yeah, local rights. Oh, yeah, yeah. And all of a sudden, L.A. is like, okay, dude, local rights well, we got four. We got six million people. So suck it, Nebraska. You know what I mean? Like, I just feel like they're going to back themselves into a point where c- cities are going to run themselves, and then they'll have no tax dollars. That
2: states will like, like, let's say, let's say the Republican master plan succeeds, and it's like, okay, now they control all three branches of government like in perpetuity.
0: Yeah.
2: A state like California may very well secede correct California doesn't need the federal government they give more money to the feds and that's my point than, and that's my point you know point. like and, and it would be a very difficult this is the fifth biggest economy in the world in the state of
0: California correct
2: and that would be that's you know, but then California is an incredibly divided place.
0: Yeah, I and mean, you guys just had a referendum. That's what then... you
2: don't understand. Like a lot of people—not you—but specifically, a lot of people think California's is full of a bunch of like bleeding heart liberals. No, Los Angeles and San Francisco are deep blue. Right. The rest of the state
0: is pretty red.
2: Votes Republican. Yeah. And you know that then that will be very interesting. And now you've got political versus, like, you know, people having their, their na- national affiliation changed against their will. And and I don't know how far down the road that is, but I, I'd say, you know, it's going to start popping up on ballots. Yep, I believe there is a ballot question to split California into five states yeah, right I now. Yeah, just,
0: I just read that. Yeah.
2: Which is a, the stupidest idea I've ever heard. But, you know, I guess that's something.
0: Yeah. With all the stupid ideas out there. Well, at least it's it's more indicative of representing the people how they want to be represented. You know, in theory, because if you talk about like diminishing your power and also creating a bunch of have-nots. Oh, no question. So you, You're you, going to go from being you the number
2: represent themselves with their political beliefs, then you become like a
0: wasteland with no funding. Right. Well, I'm that's sure. the, and that's the point that I think I was trying to make with the city-states is that almost all the money that goes to the federal government is coming from the urban areas, which means right. which means if they either are allowed to secede, divest, no longer give money to the federal government because they govern themselves. Then the best part is the federal government will truly be inept because it will be a, a nation full of people who take from the government and vote against their rights, their own rights. Which is exactly
2: what the, the money
0: wants. The it's what the money government. wants. But at some point, if they break it and we go to like city states, and then they're screwed because they all but litter- there's still money being made in the cities. Right, but if the, but my point is the cities. At least with the cities, and again, the fix will always be in economically, but at least the cities are going to do a lot more progressive stuff related to health care, et cetera, because they need to. They need infrastructure. They need public transportation. Well, sure. But, again, they don't care about the progressive social stuff. It's about the money. You, it's always about the money. Are we making money or not, baby? Come on. Hey, I'll tell you what. Anybody who wants a $35,000 a year job that they spend $10 million or an election cycle to keep, they're making money somewhere, baby. If you're, if you're a corporation, you are they are simultaneously
2: paying lip service to both ends of the political spectrum with the
0: candidates that they support and the issues that they claim to support yep. and their employee policies yep. and
2: their their news media mouthpieces yep. promoting certain mentalities. But on the other hand, they're also catering to and marketing to people that have much different opinions. It's all about
0: money. I love it, baby. You're the all-about-money guy. I like it because that's like, you're, you know... You're right, but I also like the way you break it down, J.J. Let's move to another subject that you break down well, all right? Red Sox. You've got you to be feeling good about the Red Sox. I want to know how good. Saw,
2: saw them play um, in person um, uh, when I was home. It was a, uh, a, a victory of logistics and planning. I got the right seats. <laughs> From Ace Tickets instead of StubHub, I saved like sixty bucks on fees. I got the the same seats that were on StubHub, but for sixty bucks fewer in fees. Um, I was in the low section, staring right at Chris Sale's face because he's you know he's a lefty.
0: Good for you. We're on the
2: first base side, where uh, you know it was a beautiful night. It was probably up until the next night when Mookie hit a grand slam walk off, or a grand slam in the middle of the game. I don't know, like a 13-pitch at bat. Up until that, it was, like, the most exciting home game of the year. You know, I, I've got, like, an app that, like, I bought my parking space, like, 0. 0.7 miles from the park and drove in and parked in a garage and then walked over to the park.
0: It's great.
2: It was a, it was a, an amazing night. We even got a little drama. I was texting with a friend of mine. He's like, hey, great game to be at. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of hoping that that Henbury uh, gives up a run so we get Kimbrell. Him. And then he gives up a run, and I'm like, "Oh God, I take it back," you know. But then Kimberl comes in, and Kimbrell doesn't get it up unless the, you know, the bases are loaded. It's the ninth inning. Yep. And he walks the bases load, walks in a run. Yep. Watch that and
3: game.
2: Now, and, and you know, next thing you know, I'm like, "Oh God!" And then he blows everyone's doors off, and we all we all sing "Dirty Water" and go home. I mean, it was an incredible game. I love the team. I don't know if they're good enough to uh, win in the playoffs. The playoffs are such a crapshoot. Yep. Yeah. But um I love the team. I'm a big big fan. They 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 Brock Holt just got hurt as, as I was listening on my way in to the sound in the sound booth. Brock, Brock Holt <laughs> is hurt, Petroy is out. Um, you know, we got suddenly only have three starting pitchers. Yeah. Um, and, you know, they're gonna start taking some nicks here. Yep. Yeah. But um you know, if they can be healthy at the right time in the playoffs and if Price can pull his head of his rear end and learn how to pitch without 97-mile-an-hour stuff, then um, it's hard to argue against these guys. Yeah. J.D. Martinez is fantastic. Uh, Mookie Betts is, like, my hero. Yeah. And, you know... All these kids. I mean, How about I, Xander
0: I going kids? deep the other day in the 10th inning or whatever, too, 13th inning? That was amazing. I
2: know. Unbelievable. Like, And then he goes and has a home run the next day. And so much of this is to do with J.D. Martinez. You know, J.D. is like, he is the guy. Like, he's in there with the iPad watching every at-bat inside and out and talking and hitting with these guys. Yep. And he's like, like, sign him right now. Like, as soon as you can.
0: Oh, yeah. No question. No question. Hey, let me ask you this. Um, You think is coming back or no? This season? No. No, I mean ever. Sorry. Oh. Well, he'll make some attempts. I think he'll come back. I I think he'll come back at some point. I don't think he's coming back. What did he come back for in the first place? He came back. He played, like, three games. Not even, you know. So, like,
2: was he actually healthy? Like, what's going on? Like, Mm -hmm. why... I Why just feel back? like. He's like, I'm ready to go. And then, boom, he's hurt. And now he's like out for life. Like, well, it's the same injury.
0: Yeah. The I, yeah. I mean, I'm sure they were like, all right, dude, fine. You can come back. And then. I think it's over. And that's okay. You know what I mean? The guy's 5'6, 100 and nothing. Heart and soul yeah, some really career. good team. They still owe him
2: like $56 million, though. Well, he's coming back. He's going to try to come back. Right. The guy's not giving up. Right. Especially he's got his buddy as a manager now. Yep. He's dying. He's got to come back.
0: No question. He's a
2: good baseman. He doesn't have to be as good as he was. It's just can he do
0: it defensively? Right. And can he stay healthy? All right. Well, I'm excited about them too. I think I don't know if they have enough either. I agree with you, and I think the Yankees and the Astros are both loaded. Other couple teams are pretty good. And the problem is, one of those two teams, the Sox, the Yankees, are going to have to play in a one-game playoff, which know, is a complete crapshoot. Um,
2: it's terrible. You know, the, the,
0: the Red Sox, I mean, now
2: we only have three starting pitchers, but they have better starting pitching than the Yankees, and I think they have a more dynamic lineup than the Yankees. And, you know, and it's proving itself out in their records. They're slowly inching away from them. But it, you know as well as I do how quickly this going to change, especially because the last series of the season – is in Fenway, I believe, against
0: the Yankees. Yeah, right. So if it's a three, if it's a three-game or four-game series, and it's a three or four-game lead, I mean, holy cow! That series is going to be bananas. You know what's cool though, JJ, and this goes back to when you and I were young dudes back in the you know the the early aughts. I mean, if they're playing for all the marbles, and by that I mean someone's going to get a one-game playoff, and someone's going to be the number one seed in the American League, and it's all going to be decided in one weekend. I mean, people might not care about baseball overall nationally like they used to, but that will move the needle in terms of a sports weekend. Oh, yeah. Like nothing else in baseball can do, maybe besides a World Series with the Cubs or something. You only hate the one-game playoff if you lose it. Correct. (laughs) If you you win it, you feel good. If you win it, you feel good. Yeah,
2: I mean, you try a a healthy Chris Sale against, like, a Seattle team who's got to come to Fenway or, you know— someone like that, and they've been fighting and scratching to get into that spot, and the Red Sox are like, you know, 60 games over five hundred, and just a victim of an incredible division. Yep. They can sit their pitching rotation and be
0: like, let's go. Right. Which I like. All right, dude. Here's my prediction with the Patriots. Um, I don't think they're—I think they'll make the playoffs because they're in a crummy division. But I think they're going to go like 10 and 6 or worse, and they're going to be out in the wild card round. What do you think about that?
2: Well, I mean, that's a hot take, Gab. Yeah, I just, I'm at a point with that team where, like, until I actually see them come to their knees, yep. like, why would I bet against them?
0: Totally agree with that. I just.
2: Why would I bet against Tom Brady? The guy is, he continues to do it at the highest level. It's not like Belichick's going to stop preparing them. I think that they have a good team. Their offense is going to be world class again, barring injury, of course. Always, and you know, like it's just going to be business as usual in the AFC East. There's like, you know, like six wins, five, six wins right there, and like.
0: Yeah, I know. I think just, they're going to make the playoffs. I just they do have a tough schedule, though. Yeah, they not, that's my correctly. thing. They got a tough schedule. Um, but they always play well
2: against good teams. This is fair. But it's, like, what's their defense going to be like this year, you know? Like, what? It looks like they're going to be improved, you know, but, you know, I honestly, I unplug from football, like, you know, as soon as that Super Bowl is over, I, I unplug and then I dip back in during the, the draft. different parts of the news cycle. But, yeah. you know, like, football is kind of a pain in the ass. It's so constant. Yep. And, you know, you got so much other stuff going on that, like, with us, we've got the ultimate caretaker, the whole Bill we trust thing. I'm like, well, bill, Bill's bill got to figure it figured out, you know. Right. I don't have to sit here and worry about what the Patriots are going to do because we've got our best people on it.
0: No, no, no question. It's definitely not like a sit, sit here and worry. I, I'm not worried in that respect. I just think that. We're, I guess we're, it's all about how
2: good the other teams are. Right. Who's going to knock them off? The Steelers? They appear to be a disaster. They right appear now. to be a dumpster fire. A
0: Jacksonville still have Blake Bortles. You know, like well, I think I think I think there's uh, some serious motivation in Baltimore for Joe Flaccid to turn back into Joe Flacco. Um, right. And honestly, he's really gonna stand up straight. Yeah, exactly. He's gonna. He's gonna. <laughs> never mind. Anyway, watch out early release though. Yeah, buddy, I like hey, that. Special shout out to Jimmy
2: Garoppolo for his little bump in the news. Uh, Yesterday or the day before, he went out with an adult uh, film star. I missed who it. And then posted about um, putting her, taking her scrunchie off of her wrist and putting it on her hair in the car afterwards. Oh. so Jimmy Garoppolo was, was in Beverly Hills on a dinner date with a, um, with a porn star and um, TMZ, you know, was like waiting for him and got pictures of it.
0: See, and, um, that, Jimmy's busy. that is what I want to hear and here's why. Not because I'm a salacious jerk, but the last thing I want is the Niners to light it up like Joe Montana 2.0 for the next 10 years. And if he's out doing that, that's like Tom Brady dating Tara Reid. Tom Brady, which right. was like his one bad year when they didn't make the playoffs and he was healthy. So give me some of that, Jimmy. Go 5-0 and for a 1-10 five, one team and go 6-10. and And then, yeah, do what Jeremy just said. And then don't be good this year. And then hopefully— You know, good. Glenn Glenn Ordway is
2: saying, uh, you know, Glenn Ordway is an idiot. You're still listening to Glenn
0: Ordway. That's an amazing statement.
2: Glenn Ordway is saying that, like, you know, this is how he's going to come back to the Patriots because he's going to bomb out in San Francisco, and then Brady's going to retire, and Belichick's going to be like, come back to the light. And then he's going to go through uh, his Giselle era.
0: Wow. You know, of
2: course, he's got to have his Terraria era, then his Bridget Moynihan era, which is the transition to Giselle. Yes, okay.
0: Wow. And he's got
2: to convince another supermodel to move to Massachusetts. Foxborough, Brookline. Like Brookline, which yep. is, I mean, Giselle lives in Brookline. I mean, like, are you kidding me?
0: I mean, Brookline's great, but again, for Giselle. I know, but she's like, she's, she's but she's Giselle. No, dude, I get example. it. That, that might be like, the line yeah. that might be that might be the line of the year. Giselle is in Brookline. Are you kidding me? She like runs yeah. to the store, like, you know, like yeah. she's
2: running
0: by Shaw's. You know, like what? Right, going to Market Basket. I feel you, buddy. You're right. Yeah. Shout out to Market Basket and Shaw's local New England supermarket chains. Uh <laughs> that's hilarious, buddy. Well listen, I hope you're right and I'm wrong. I'm not even trying to be like Max Kellerman and get ahead of it. I just this is the first year that there's been creep out of Foxborough. Maybe you know what though? I do like this. Let me let me walk it back by saying this. I love that five months later, one of the Eagles, like the, the ninth most popular Eagle at best, was like, "Yeah, come here if you want to win. Go there if you don't want to have fun." Like, and we already won our ring. You're talking like a guy is going to go seven and nine in your defense. Sounds great. Enjoy yeah, that Eagles. I mean, Enjoy, that. Like, exactly. <laughs> Enjoy that. Exactly. Enjoy that. I love being a moron. There is a bullseye on your back that you don't even know about because it's on the back of your head. Yeah, and they're he about to turn your head into a pumpkin. Like, back to work. Yep. And now they've got a chip on their shoulder because Tom Brady threw for 550 yards in the Super Bowl and they lost. So let's Brady go. Brady wants one more bad. No doubt. Well, let's get it. I hope I'm wrong. All right, Jay, you stick around for a minute. Catch up. Everybody else. Fill up for Freestyle. Dot com is where you can find us. Check out JJ's Instagram, good. My man's making great food from Worcester all the way back to Cali. JJ, thanks for being on, bud. Yeah, boy. Ladies and gentlemen, just as I was about to share Marky Sal and Jeremy Johnson with the world, the buzzer beater from Philadelphia, Dan Ruddle said, no, 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 I want to weigh in too. He hasn't been on in a while. Dan Ruddle, NFL correspondent, Super fan of the champion, Philadelphia Eagles. How the hell are you, buddy?
3: I'm good. Uh, it's uh, nice to be on the show calling in from the, uh, the, the home of the world champion, the world Super Bowl champion, Philadelphia Eagles, Philadelphia. How are you, pal?
0: I'm really good. I'm really good. I'm doing well. Good. And you and I, I'll, I'll tease it now, philabustnerfreestyle.com. We're going to do a little NFL preview at some point, you know, between now and Labor Day. And Dan Ruddle will be on the show, and he'll have a chance to fully prepare Uh, For a full, you know, a full gloat, if you will, or just a full kind of Eagles hype speech at my expense uh, to relive what was one of the best days in his life and not a great Sunday for me back in February. But anyway, hats off to the Birds fans. And all I can say is winning a title is great. Defending a title is difficult. And we'll see what you think. In a couple weeks about your chances but, but no need to get into that now Neither one of us are prepared We both have been spending a lot of time on the beach it sounds like so.
3: Yeah you should see I'm, I'm as tan as I've ever been It's pretty uh, It's pretty impressive That's kind of awesome And again I am Irish so. Do you attribute
0: And I, again the Irish part we can all take with a grain of salt And folks who know me know that I don't tan As well as others either But do you take a little bit of that To the fact that you've got a young daughter And therefore like you're out a lot with her Outside of the beach or what?
3: No question. Yeah, we so we're very lucky. We we go to Ocean City, New Jersey, which um, not, not to get too far off topic, but it's widely regarded as America's favorite family resort um, for a number of reasons, but mostly because of the outstanding boardwalk that they have. Um, And people are always asking me, like, hey, man, do you go to the boardwalk with Molly all the time? And we've come up with a pretty excellent life hack and parenting hack, for that matter, and in telling her that the boardwalk's only open three days a year. So (laughs) we go go maybe three nights a year. And we're at the beach pretty much every weekend during the summer and a a good bit during the off-season as well. Um, But, you know, in... In all seriousness, though, my kid does not yearn to go to the boardwalk because she loves being on the beach so much. So it's not uncommon for us to go, you know, leave the house at about 11 o'clock and not come home from the beach till 6, 630. And, nice. you know, at which point we've had several Modellos and, you know, other other. <laughs> Other treats on the Well beach. I'll tell you what Let's, uh, it's, let's it's give some
0: Let's give some props to Modelo As this week's unofficial Beer sponsor of the week And Oh uh,
3: man No doubt
0: And no let's doubt. Well I'm glad you guys Are living a, 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 Some A New Jersey version Of the pure. You know The, what's the Pura Vida uh, Yeah
3: Pura Vida That's, that's right
0: you know, you're, you're a bit of a surfer Right so you get that Yeah And you're a bit of a fisherman My, So there you go
3: Fisherman surfer All of the above Yes
0: um, And tanned as hell Tanned it. as hell For an Irishman That's right, yeah. Well, well, again, my hat's off to you. All right, man. So I posed the same question to you that I posed to my two buddies earlier, our two pundits, Jeremy and Uh Marky. You know, I've actually learned a lot from their responses, and I'm not going to obviously go into them with you because other folks who are listening have already heard their responses, but... Cool.
3: I'll be interested to see if my response uh, is in line or at odds with what they've said. Yeah, and the way I prefaced
0: it to them was, you know, it's impossible to get mad are appropriately mad every thirty six hours from the from the folks at sixteen hundred pennsylvania avenue at the white house right <laughs> so, so yeah. to me it's like that doesn't mean that other people who make decisions that might affect the next 50 to 100 years of our country, as a, and they're real adults and real people, we shouldn't maybe get angry with them sometimes. So uh, my question to everybody has been, why is nobody upset that Justice Anthony Kennedy, who's been a swing vote for such a long time the, on the Supreme Court, why is he announcing his retirement before the midterm elections? Couldn't he have waited until December? I've already weighed in. I've learned a lot, like I said. But I ask you, as the third person I'm asking tonight in the pod, what do you think about that?
3: Well, I think the answer is that he saw what a, you know, what an honorable guy Mitch McConnell was in wanting Merrick Garland to be um, appropriately considered by the new administration and put off the vote for that because you know he's definitely going to, you know, they'll definitely put off the vote on. Uh, on the new nominee until after the midterms don't you think
0: Oh sure Mitch always plays little, fair Tongue in cheek Yeah no it's good your sarcasm um, was pretty pretty good
3: <laughs> No it's a fair question um, I don't know man I mean Supreme Court nominees are lifetime nom- are, nom- yeah. are lifetime appointments and he's old He's not as old as Ruth Bader Ginsburg but I mean for- you know, for God's sake, if any, if Ruthgate Bader Ginsburg decided to hang it up tomorrow, could anybody blame her? I mean, how much time do these people right. have?
0: Right. Well, left? that's my biggest fear, like, really. Is
3: Do you have another five, six years? Do you you want to relax and maybe spend some time with your grandkids and your kids and, and all that stuff? I don't know. I mean, it's
0: I'm with you. It's a you. tough
3: question to answer. Yeah. I, I don't I, I really don't. Uh, to your point, the guy was a swing vote, a guy who's a moderate, a guy who probably would see the value of maybe not making this announcement until December. You saw how the midterms played out and saw whether
0: right. what was you know, was America swinging back on the pendulum or not? You'll have an answer in five months. I mean, you've been doing this for f- thirty years. You don't have five more months for us. Yeah. That's my point. You know, but yeah. J.J., my buddy J.J. made a point that, you know, the, the guy Kavanaugh who's being nominated is like the protege of Kennedy. So maybe it was a wink, wink, nod, nod to, hey, Trump, if you want to pr- pr- you know, appoint somebody else while you've got a super majority in Congress, uh, I'll leave. But you're picking my guy,
3: you know, and maybe. But I mean, it, it, you know, as an aside, how is this for a swamp draining?
0: No, exactly. You know, it's not I mean, the
3: guy is, you know, by all accounts, a Washington insider. Like, I mean, what do you
0: <laughs> totally his
3: base? I mean, I don't know that his base is, is, you know, I'm sorry, I'm going to offend some people. I don't know that his base is intelligent enough to know that, but that's neither here nor there. Um, but, you know, the, the, the guy, you know, he's I, I think, you know, on his on his judicial merits alone You know, taking aside his beliefs on policy and whatnot is qualified for the position. But, uh, you know, he's he's as inside Washington and as swampy as the swamp gets.
0: Right. And I guess that's just the you know, you would like the Supreme Court to be as unswampy as possible. And if this was a handshake deal to get something done, to get your buddy promoted and to, you know, like you said, sail off into the sunset before the midterm election, Fine. Um, but as we talked about earlier on the show, this this midterm might be the Super Bowl. And by that, I just mean what's the country going to look like for the next 80 years? A lot of that's going to be decided in November, whether we like it or not. Um, yeah. Because it's, it's just too, the stakes are too big. Because, like you said, Ruth Gator, Bader Ginsburg, 80, probably almost 80 years old if she's not already 80. You got you, yeah. not a lot of spring chickens on that court. And so yeah. the next I mean, four I'll years are probably going to.
3: The next one to possibly retire, or I hate to be grim, but die, would be Clarence Thomas. You know, and he's, I I think he's, I think he's south of 75, if not maybe a little older than 75. But he's, he's not, he's going to be around for a bit, you know, barring some, Cat- catastrophe, and I'm not wishing death on the guy. Myself. Never, of course I, not. I, mean, I certainly hope that nobody would take my comment that way. But the, the, the fact remains: it's there's not a lot of people on that court that are on the the you know to the right of center that are going to be going anywhere anytime soon. Correct.
0: So anyway, that, that's that's the point is that you know I I just would think that if 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 you're really playing this thing straight and narrow, don't you have five more months to see if the country either reacts, overreacts, or keeps the pedal to the metal? On the Trump train. I mean, I'm not saying, oh, like, he, he should wait because the election's going to turn. I have no idea what's going to happen. I had no idea what's going to happen in 2016. I have no idea what's going to happen this time. But you would think with the brouhaha, like you, with Mitch McConnell, stonewalling Merrick Garland, like you alluded to earlier, you would just think the guy would say, you know what, I'll wait till Christmas.
3: Well, I mean, Mitch McConnell has shown nothing if not that he is completely without morals and completely immune to feelings of hypocrisy
0: and you know, holding himself to a higher moral standard. So we know that's not gonna happen. Correct.
3: But you know, I I think that I, I don't know what's going through Kennedy's head. Maybe he's sick.
0: You never <laughs> I know. And again again, there's yeah, probably plenty maybe, of, he's, got, he's got he's got his own entires. reasons. Yeah. Sorry, what? No, I just said yeah, we never know what his reasons are and he's got his own reasons. I just feel like from for from an optics standpoint, like you said, this is not draining the swamp, and this is not this is not helping bring people together or let people vote at the booths in some ways.
3: No, that's true. But yeah, it's uh, it's disappointing. It, it was definitely you know one of the darker days since uh, since, the, since November two thousand sixteen. Yeah. In term, from the political landscape, for sure.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's just these 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 seats are like, uh, you know, their lifetime their lifetime appointments, and and they the ramifications of the decisions they make last for century, you know. So that's all. I just feel like people maybe should have given him a little more crap for it, you know. And again, if he is sick or he has his own reasons or there's something we don't know about, obviously I re- rescind all my, you know, but sarcasm. This
3: is this is this is very Trumpian type politics, though. It's, yeah. Something major happens under the smokescreen of something completely hideous and reprehensible. This time being, you know, the separation of families and at the border. Yeah, you know, and, and that's that, that's been the case. You know, there's always been something. It seems there's always been something going on in the background whenever some of these horrific things happen. That that he decides to do, it's you know, there's you know there's the big thing that g- that Garner's all the attention all the media coverage in this case you know it's the the separation of families at the border and then you have this supreme court which didn't slip under the radar but you look at other things that happened while that whole thing was going on i.e. the justice department saying that it would no longer defend obamacare in federal court right that's a big deal right and that didn't even that's make a, that
0: didn't a really, even really big deal. and that didn't even make page 7 you know what i mean so no
3: I, I would think that that might come as a surprise to a lot of your your listeners yep. and a lot of people in the country, but that, you know, are have kind of fallen victim to this clickbait sort of 24-hour news cycle where they're not reading through a lot of this crap. Right. Like, for
0: instance, today, again, that's probably where we can leave it just because we've, you know, I, I hate to cut you short, Dan, but I—
3: no, sorry. I'm standing on a soapbox here in my kitchen.
0: No, you're doing great. I, my point was just, we I didn't realize you'd be coming on, so I didn't save a lot of room for you in the hour of the show. Uh-huh. But, um, you know, today, right before I started potting at 7 o'clock with my buddy Marky, President Trump's back at the NFL for kneeling. And it's like, dude, you just kneeled and bowed and kissed the ring of Russia. Did you see Rocky Four? Do you get how it worked? do you get and my point is and you're going to come back 48 hours later and talk about kneeling again dude yeah. you literally While
3: well, you've been getting cockled by Putin
0: bam exactly I might even if I could call this podcast this and get it posted I would what a line yeah, yeah sorry <laughs> no I that was I don't, gross. I don't dislike it I don't dislike it it's a it's you could have said a lot worse you could have said it in a lot more crass way so good for you yeah um, alright man stick around for a minute we'll catch up we're going to leave it there Flip to Freestyle Supreme Court Hot Takes. You gotta love them. Dan, thanks for being on.
3: Anytime, my friend.
1: Thanks right. for calling. And we'll bring you back for football.